Alright everybody, welcome into the second episode of Let's Get It with Chase and Justin here with you today. We got a great show with you. Um, Bucks hang on. Surprisingly, Chris Middleton yeah, came out of Middleton nowhere. Clutches, uh, and had what, like 37 points? Actually plays to what they pay him for. Exactly. <laughs> Crazy, right? Gian- when Giannis went out, I thought it was over, but... They they stuck with it and the Rockets did too. I mean, I I was thinking that I was really smart, thinking that no more than five games and <laughs> thinking that LeBron I was really smart. and Marcus Morris comes out, hits four three pointers in a row, and Markeith. Like, Markeith. Yeah. My apologies. Marcus on the Clippers. Marquise. Yeah, Marcus on the Clippers. You right. You right. Okay, and he comes out, hits twelve three pointers, and then the Rockets come out in the second half. 14 nothing run, and then take the lead. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And then Deshaun Watson gets a big payday, and Davion Clowney is going to the Titans. All right, but before we get started, we want to remind you guys, you can find us on YouTube. Let's get it. Uh, we're going to try and go live here pretty soon on YouTube, so you can check out our live stream. You can find us on Anchor. Google Podcasts, Spotify, still trying to get Apple Podcasts to work with us, but that should be that should be coming in the next week or so. And um, you can also find us on, like I said, Google Podcasts among other among other sites. All right, let's get started. Bucks Heat. Is that where you want to go first? Yeah. <clears throat> to me, it makes the most sense. Um, I think first thing I want to say is. Um, Chris Middleton, congratulations to Chris Middleton, and thank you. Not not congratulations. I, I, I feel weird congratulating a guy on, like, what they're supposed to do. Like, he just got a contract, what, last offseason, two offseasons ago? That was huge money for him to play like this. And up until this point, we have not seen him play like this, which has got to be the most frustrating thing for um, the Bucks. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, Giannis desperately needed a number two, and they just hadn't had it from him. And Chris Middleton finally comes in and acts like really a number one because Giannis going out what in the second quarter? I mean, I mean this the way that the Heat started out. I mean, they started out on a ten to two run, and yeah, I, I thought it was going to be a sweep. After head by nine after the first quarter, I mean it. It was looking like it was going to a straight sweep. I. I was thinking to myself, man, I am really a smart person. <laughs> and to sweep, and well, I didn't. I said they might lose Game Three, but after that, I thought there's no way, especially with Giannis going out. I mean, yeah, when Giannis went down, I dropped it, start. Yeah, it's all good. But when Giannis Giannis went down, it was over to me. And and they have these reports talking about. Um, Giannis still not ruled out for Game Five, which is tomorrow. So I wanted to ask you, should he play tonight? Should he? I mean, should he play Game Five or not? Just straight, no. and then I'll and then I'll have a follow up question. No, I don't think he should play Game Five. I think, I think, you got to worry about his future. You don't want to see. You don't want to. I would hate to see Giannis have to sit out the 2021 season. Yeah, because he's playing in a bizarre. NBA playoffs 
like we've seen this year. On a weird timeline, too. And they're down 3-1. to one. He <laughs> is becoming one of the most elite basketball players in the NBA. Extremely dominant. And he is. I mean, he's, got, he's really got it all. Yep. He is basketball's version of a five-tool player in baseball. And you can't sit him out. You have to sit him out in game five. If, if the Bucks manage to win game five, then I believe it's a little bit of up in the air. Game six, maybe. And, and that's, that was what my follow-up was going to be, is if you sit him for game five, are you sitting him for game five for the purpose of trying to get him back for game six? Are you sitting him for game five just trying to see where he goes from there? I want to see where the team goes without him. I want to see where, um, how he is doing. I don't think, I mean, he couldn't walk off the court yesterday. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had to be helped off the court. So if, it depends on how serious the Bucks are taking this year. You know, if it's three to one, um, Bam Adebayo was really incredible yesterday, I thought. Jimmy Butler's had a great series other than the fourth quarter and overtime yesterday. Yeah, I, you know, I, and I, Tyler I, Heroes is ridiculous. Yes. Tyler Heroes is another person that I think is a, a budding star, soon I, to be another three-point specialist that um, that the Heat need. And I think it's per. I think that um, yes, to answer my own question, yes, I do think that Giannis should sit out Game Five. But once again, like you said, it depends on what what they're trying to get out of this season. I think that the Bucks season was looking like a championship or bust all the way up until this series. I I, I would say all the way up until like that. Who was it they beat first, in the first series? Who the was Magic. It? Yeah, that's what I was about yeah. to say. That first game against the Magic kind of gave a lot of people like. A tell, a tell all, like a tell, like it, it kind of made you. It, it lets you see the real bucks. It lets you see that when this team can't, when they can't play defensive defense good enough to stop one guy, or when they can't, they can't put up enough threes, or they can't make enough threes to to help Giannis. Because Giannis is, we all know, Giannis is not a guy who makes threes. He's he's the guy who who drives in and kicks it out and everything like that. And you and the, when you have that type of guy, you have to surround him with shooters. But when those shooters can't hit, you're you're not going anywhere. And we saw that happen against Miami, and it kind of gave a template for they didn't give a template for how to stop Giannis, but it it, it kind of it showed that Giannis was stoppable, which we see we saw last year in the playoffs. Yeah. Kawhi stopped him. Kawhi stopped him easily honestly like if you don't let Giannis go into the paint if you you set up a wall in the paint a lot of their their team activities kind of their their offense kind of like stales out they they can't they can't drive to kick they can't drive to get points they can't do this like you have to start letting other guys win those one-on-one battles and stuff like that and I think that's what um I think that's when it kind of became more like prevalent that they, this isn't a year that's championship or bust, and yeah, I, it's hard to see them getting past teams like the Celtics or Raptors. So to me, he really should just sit the rest of the series. And yeah, I mean, 
the fact that he scored 19 points in 11 minutes yesterday mm-hmm. just shows you what, like, why this was such a big deal. Yeah. Other than him being the one of the top players in the league, but for this, I mean, he he has such valuable minutes. And, you know, he's one of those guys that shoots about 30 percent from three, and that's not that's obvious. If you're a shooter, that's pretty. That's not that's terrible. not great. Yeah, exactly. It's, um, it's but like, as a as a big okay. guy, I mean, that's doable. He's not a total Ben Simmons who mm-hmm. just can't shoot a three. Yeah, he's not gonna he's not gonna sit to there and not fly. try. You know, he's. I don't feel like he's totally limited. So I mean, if he needs to go out and shoot, he can go out and shoot. But you know, it. it and then the I'm, Bucks had to do a little bit more. The Bucks needed to have a better game plan than. Pass it inside to Giannis. Exactly. And then another reason why I think he has to sit this game is just because how bad, like what, like you said, how bad the injury looked. You saw, we all saw him on the ground rolling around. It looked like he was screaming in pain, like like holding his ankle. Like, honestly, whenever you were texting me, you were like, I hope this um, same thing that happened to him didn't, like, happened to KD because that's exactly how it happened to KD. Yeah. He had an ankle injury that was kind of lingering, blah, 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 like, they were like, okay, it's fine, whatever. Like, we'll put him back in, put and him in, and then he ended up him. hurting his Achilles. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly, which was way worse. Ended up having to miss a whole season. And KD came back out, you know. He said, like, they handled it the way they, they handled it. Like, I handled it the way I handled it. I wanted to be out there, blah, blah, blah. And I'm, I'm sure Giannis wants to be out there. But it has to get to a certain point where the Bucks training staff and medical staff is like, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, we're doing this for you and and our organization. Like, this year's not the year. Yeah, this isn't a year where you rush back. Mm-mm. This isn't... If I'm Mike Budenholzer, I am not doing everything I can to make sure he's there. Because, I mean, Chris Middleton stepping up yesterday. Really, the whole team stepping up mm-hmm. yesterday. And um, some other people I, <coughs> who need to step up. Eric Bledsoe. Yes. And Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez, and, and Brooke Lopez really makes me mad. Because I understand that you're a center, and he, he, can, he plays more of like a stretch forward type of position. He doesn't even really play center when Giannis is there. Mm-hmm. He plays more of like a tall guy who can shoot. A tall guy who, he plays the kind of like, in a, in a Nikolai Jokic type of way to me. And whenever you see Giannis go down, you know that you are the next tallest guy in the game. Your your official your official position listed here is the center. You're seven foot tall, two hundred eighty two pounds. Get inside and rebound. Mm-hmm. You can't stand out there on the edge waiting for people to to kick it out to you at that point. Like you 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 just saw your rebounder go down. Like you have to get in there and rebound. And and to me, and and that's what another one of these problems with this team is like they don't. They don't pick up the like other than Chris Middleton, and of course, to me, they played kind of emotional of like we're winning this for Giannis. They didn't really pick up the slack for anybody, really. To me, like it, it was just like all they did was just say like Chris Middleton, you get the ball more, so now you get more points. Like to me, if Chris Middleton was getting the ball this much in a game, he might be scoring around this much in a game normally. But I don't know. I'm gonna let them. I'm gonna let. 
I'm gonna let the Bucks do what they do, and I'm 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 very curious to see how this series plays out. Because if the Bucks come back and they make it to a game seven, there's gonna be so many calls to get Giannis back that it's gonna be ridiculous. Because at that point, you can no longer say like this is not their year. It's gonna be hard to say that to me because it's they they just came back from three one. Like (laughs) it's hard. So much there. This Eastern Conference race is just as fascinating. As the Western, yes, it is because you have you have the Heat, you have the Bucks, obviously, but Boston is right there. Yep. And Boston is looking. Raptors are right really there good. too. Raptors too. It's it's two to two. Just in when you thought the Raptors were out of it too, exactly. going down two zero, and it looked bad too. Like it wasn't like mm-hmm. like simple losses, but and, and if Jalen Brown doesn't get going, and Marcus Smart doesn't ha- has another game like he had uh, game four. I mean, that one could go to the Raptors, but. I don't know what Budenholzer and the Bucks did to start the fourth quarter, but that defense, after giving up 40 points in the third quarter, that defense just really Locked shut everything up. down. Yeah. And Jimmy Butler had four points total in, four, in um, the fourth quarter and in overtime. And, and the Bucks just shut everything down inside, and they forced, they forced the Heat to just throw up threes. And the heat, and the heat, the heat couldn't knock them down. And I don't know, I don't know what he did, but I'm going to be interested to see if that. That's if what the they heat do again. Make an adjustment to that, you know, because they, they can't just keep settling for mm-hmm. these three point jump shots late in the <laughs> shot clock like they were, and. And that's another thing that. Um, I was kind of thinking about too is like with, with along with the heat making adjustments on on you're talking about the defensive side well on the offensive side to me I'm kind of interested in seeing what they're going to do on the defensive side because in a way of course as of course as a whole the Bucks are a better team with Giannis but in a way without Giannis they're more dangerous if that makes sense because they're more they're more spread out it's no longer like you know kind of what they're trying to do you know kind of what their offense is doing you're you're it's more of a guessing game so I'm interested in what they and what they're gonna do if they're just gonna try to play it the same way as like as if they have Giannis because honestly I, I can't say that they were playing so much different than they were before with or without Giannis in the last game and I wouldn't say their defense even looks that different from their previous series to this series. It, it doesn't really seem like they've made a lot of adjustments to stop Giannis other than just block up the paint. So I'm kind of I'm kind of interested in what they're going to see, especially not knowing that the floor is going to be less spaced out with a guy like Giannis on the floor and everything like that. So I think that other starters need to step up because I don't Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton is not a number one. No. He's not a number one. Mm. He's not gonna he's not gonna throw up thirty points on you every single game. And Brooke Lopez really I told seemed you. to struggle. Bam Bam Adebayo had a really good game. Amazing. And man. it was really a shame um, how the game ended for him with really what looked like a bad foul late in the game. It was I forgot who was shooting. I think it was like in the final seconds. I forgot who was shooting, but 
They were up. No, didn't he foul Middleton? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he fouled Middleton like right near the end. And the Middleton had like two free throws to end the game or yeah, something like that. <laughs> I mean, it was great defense all around. It was really. It looked like an unbalanced. It looked like an unbalanced three point shot. Like he didn't really have his feet set. And Bam Adebayo left his feet, and it was a clear foul. They tried to make the argument that Middleton. Um, so what happened was Middleton sort of threw his feet out to try and get the foul, and of course that would have made it. An oh no! Foul. It was Brook Lopez. It was Brook Lopez. Lopez. Yeah, he made. He tried to take that crazy shot whenever yeah. they kind of got stuck up with the shot clock and everything. And yeah, and he kicked his foot out. Yep. I think yeah. Stan Van Gundy, who probably is the most negative broadcaster. <laughs> yeah, he was like, "That's heard. a foul." Yeah. Yeah. I mean, every single you can tell he's. Side note, you can tell he was a coach because every single call that was a close call, you could – I mean, it, mm-hmm. he had the response of that's a bad call. Yeah, he, he wants it to go the players and coaches' yeah. way, the team's way. But off the side note here, what happened – they said that Adebayo had lost the – had, like, hit him, mm-hmm. so that took away the – Lopez tried to throw his feet out and um, making it an offensive foul. So he got the three shots, made them all, or made two of them, I think. I don't remember. But that was big. And Adebayo, I just, I I still like this Heat team. I still think. Yeah, I I still think it's the Heat series to win. I mean, Heat series to lose. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I think, honestly, it's over this next game. I think it goes to game yeah, six. I like, too. I just, it, without Giannis, you're missing so many parts of your team. You're missing the person who's, he's, he's really plays in a way their point guard. You're missing the guy who, who distributes the ball around. You're missing your main rebounder. You're missing your main defender and shot mm-hmm. blocker. You're missing your main point scorer like it's just there's too many things that Giannis does for the team for them to just go on and just be good without him when they were struggling with him and I just I like the heat supporting cast better for Jimmy Butler I it's, like heat's a supporting cast is Tyler amazing. Harrow I think yep he's, he's up, so up and coming three-point so specialist good. exactly bam out of bio I, really showing what how how good he is mm-hmm. And he really showed it yesterday, and I really I think he's gonna have a really big game tomorrow. To me, he he was. Um, I think this was is a, his game tomorrow. Bam Adebayo. Yes. I think I think I um, I'm gonna go the other way. I think it's Jimmy's game tomorrow, and I think and I but I do think that the Bucks will play up to the challenge if Giannis doesn't play. If Giannis doesn't play, they're gonna play up and they're gonna try to play harder for the fact that Giannis isn't there. But if Giannis is there. I feel like the Bucks have gotten to that mentality of like, we'll sit back and watch Giannis do it. I don't think he's going to be back. But I think that yeah, they're I smart I, enough to make sure that he. Yeah, exactly. They're not. They they're not that done. Watched last year, and they saw what it did to him. They're not that done. Yeah, I really hope they're not that dumb. I really. And they, they're maybe a seventh or an eighth seed without, without, um, without Giannis there. Let me ask you this. Did the Bucks win this game, or did the Heat lose the game? 
I would say when I feel like it was like a tale of two different games. Like I feel like like after Giannis got hurt, like it literally like flipped a switch. Like yeah. it completely changed things. I would say up until Giannis got hurt, the Bucks were they were losing at that point whenever he had got hurt, yeah, if I remember I, right. Yeah. I, I think, think it was like an eight point game. So I I'd have to say that the Heat kinda lost this game because I think I think one, they came in um not hype, but too comfortable off the fact that they were up three zero. That that they had shut down Giannis up until now, so what's different about tonight? And then when he got hurt, I think they even got even more relaxed when they were just like, Oh, like we don't have to worry about this this six ten dude putting his shoulder into our chest every time. Like I'm I'm kinda chilling, like <laughs> so I think I think that um the Heat lost the game in a sense, but I'm not going to take away credit from the Bucks and what they did and how they rallied together after Giannis was hurt or rallied together just in general. And and that's, once again, I'm going to go back. Even though they rallied together, they need more. They need more from more players than just Chris Middleton. Like you said, Chris Middleton can't score 30 every night. Mm-hmm. Eric Bledsoe gave him 10 points. Brooke Lopez gave him... I can't even one sec. He gave him he gave him six, seven rebounds as a seven footer. Their leading rebounder was Eric was Eric Bledsoe. He's a point guard. He's barely he he's six one. Like like you just need your players to play like how their positions are played. You need your players to do exactly what you ask of them. And without Giannis there, I feel like it just once again it throws so many people off. But I think I think that the Heat did lose this game only because they were up 3-0. That's the only reason. Otherwise, I would say that the Bucks won this game. That the Bucks, it was their doing, that they did good enough. You know what I'm saying? See, I'm going to give credit to the Bucks here. I think I'm going to go with that they won this game. I agreed with you until I thought about it over and over a little bit this morning, and I thought, you know, the fact that they made the adjustment in the fourth quarter, that they forced the Heat to settle for three-pointers, and that they um, shut down Jimmy Butler only, like I said, four points in overtime in the fourth quarter. And I just, like, I, I watched it. What I love about this Heat team is that they are not the best team even in the East. Like, I feel like the Bucks are a better team than the Heat. I really do. I think that the first three games are kind of evident of that. You think that the Bucks are a better team than the Heat? I feel like I, I kind of do. I, I, I feel I, – Espe- Before, Gian, before coming there, into the season, team. I would agree with you. Yeah. I, I would agree with you. But as the season went on, you saw Bam Adebayo start to, to – what he was – second third and most improved player voting he was then you saw we already know what Goran Dragic was bringing to the game he he's gonna make threes he's gonna he's gonna be a point guard he's a JJ Redick type player he's gonna pass the ball around stuff like that we we kind of we got surprised by Kendrick Nunn another person who was what third third in voting for um or was like one of the one of the three candidates for rookie of the year at the time We've seen what Tyler Hero can do. He can come in and make threes. So, like, to me, begin, coming into the season, yes, I would agree with you. 
But up until, like, I would say, like, around when everything had got first shut down, that's when I would start to say that, as a whole, the Heat had more talent spread around. You see, I think that the Heat, they, I think they're the hottest team right now. I think yeah, they are very they, hot right they are now. So it's hard so to well together. Talk bad about them. They are they are playing so well together and really have all season. It really feels like Jimmy Butler has finally found a home uh, with Miami. And like I said, they have that great supporting cast with Adebayo and Harrow and Duncan Robinson. That's another name we forgot. Yeah, to mention. Duncan Robinson. Yeah, uh-huh. they they have a lot of three point specialists. And you know just. Based on the way that the first couple games went, I, I, I think this is still, a, the Heat are still a great team that can definitely go to the finals. And, but, and they're definitely the hottest team. But with Giannis and with other, I, I still felt like the Bucks were a better team. And I give them credit yesterday for the win. So I want to talk about the other East series. The Raptors and Celtics tonight. Well, first, I want to ask, I know this seems like I'm jumping ahead, but I'm trying to get, like, your thoughts on how good the Heat are. Who do you think is going to win the Raptors-Celtics series? Celtics. Okay. Do you think the Heat are good enough right now to beat the Celtics in in the conference finals? Yes. Do you? No, because I think yes and no. Defensively, yes. Offensively, I think even though that the um, sorry, <laughs> even though that the Celtics have, I mean, even though the Heat have a lot of point scores and people who can make threes and Duncan Robinson, Goran Dragic, and um. Tyler Hero, and we already know Jimmy Butler is, is a walking bucket, like Jimmy Buckets, we know his name. Like He's, he's going to get his points. I think that when the Celtics need to, they will turn up. Jason Tatum will turn up. Jalen Brown will turn up. Kevin Walker will turn up. And That's the big name, Jason Tatum. Yes, and yeah, exactly, especially Jason Tatum. And I think that a lot like the Heat, they play very together, like very, very together. And they, and they fight for each other and everything like that. So I think that that series is going to be a close one. I give it to Celtics really off the eye test. Like, I, I, I'm trying to think of a reason to give it to the Celtics over, to, to like, a good valid reason to give it to the Celtics over the Heat. But it's, like, to me, it's nothing more than just the eye test. They just, when you watch them, they look better. I just think they match up really well, mm-hmm. those two teams. And obviously... The Raptors can still win that series, but those two teams just would match up well together. Very, very much so. I think, I think that'd that be a Jason good Tatum is more talented than Bam Adebayo. Yes, but I don't count out the Heat. Mm. And and that's the thing. I think defensively, the Heat are ridiculous. You have Jimmy Butler, you have Bam Adebayo, and you have Jay Crowder. That's yep. those are three amazing defensive guys that. Are, are not going to let you get many places that can guard every place on the floor. They can guard in the center at the paint. They can guard out on the perimeter. They can guard mid-range. Like, and I think, I think that will be something of a struggle for 
someone like Jalen Brown, who kind of like he goes hot and cold sometimes. I think Jason Tatum will be able to get around it, and Kimba Walker, he he's gonna consistently give you what he gives you. You know what I'm saying? Like you know exactly. He's he's not a guy who's always gonna go above and beyond a lot of the time. Let's talk about the other game last night: Rockets, Lakers. Lakers. Yep. I. I I thought that I was going to be really smart and say the Lakers were going to sweep. I was wrong about that. The Rockets had them first game. I watched game two. Lakers started off so hot where it dominated pretty much the first half. The Rockets come out and go on a 14-0 run to start the second half and had the lead for a lot of the game and then the Heat or the Lakers turned it on in the second half. LeBron and Anthony Davis were both huge yesterday, scoring like at more than half of the team's points. I mean, AD had 34, LeBron had 28. It's ridiculous. I, I mean, the Rockets could have taken a 2 0 lead, but Russell Westbrook lost the game for him yesterday. Yeah, Russell. He had 10 points yesterday, 4 of 15 from the field, 1 of 7 from 3, 1 of 3 from the free throw line. Wessel Russ, Wessel, Wessel Russbrook. Seven turnovers. Wessel Russbrook. Listen to me. Um, yeah. Wessel. <laughs> Russell Westbrook is just, he's, he is so, so cold when he's cold that it's just like, it, it literally costs your team games. And it, it's just like, because... I think the problem with Russell Westbrook is that when he's cold, he doesn't say, okay, let me go to other parts of my game, like, or, or, or let me take smarter shots, or let me do this, or let me get to the spots that I know that I, I'm best at where I can make my shots. He just keeps going 150% at yeah. full speed trying to do crazy stuff. And, and it's, it's just like, I don't, it, you think after how, I don't know how many years in the league now, you would learn, like, like, when things aren't going your way, you kind of got to find a way around it or do this or do that. Like, he's just basically like, if I try harder, it's going to work. If I, if I keep putting up shots, it's going to work. Like, and of course, like, if you keep putting up shots, yes, eventually you will shoot yourself out of a slump. But, like, I, this, is, this isn't a slump. This is, this is a, another Russell Westbrook game. Another <laughs> Russell, I always refer to him as West Brick. There's, there's West Brook, then you have West Brick. Some nights West Brick, West Brick. Yes, yes. some oh nights West God. Brick shows up and some nights West Brook shows up. And when West Brick shows up, it it's very costly for your team because he's putting up stupid stuff when he could be passing the ball. Like it's it's it I think it comes with part of just like his mentality of personality of like 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 no, I got this. Like like I'm gonna figure it out. Like dude, like you have teammates for a reason and they will help you. I Watching Russell yesterday. Russell. <laughs> it it just goes to show you what if I don't want to get all Booger McFarlane on you, but <laughs> you want to state the obvious. I'm going to state the obvious. <laughs> if the Heat don't shoot, if the Heat struggle, the Rockets. The Rockets. Yeah. If the Rockets struggle from three. They're it's done. <laughs> They're it's done. Over. That is their whole game. They play like that is literally their whole game. Like Eric Gordon sort of picked up the pieces yesterday from Wessel, and 
he scored he scored 24 points, which for me, Eric Eric Gordon scoring 24 points is unheard of because I just think he's is not is I mean he's very average. you know that Eric can you know that Eric Gordon can do it whether or not he does do it on a nightly basis yes we've we've seen him get hot there was moments in the playoffs last year where he got pretty hot but he only steps up like when someone else isn't performing up to their ability yeah. which I think which is why he stepped up because he saw Westbrook wasn't he wasn't Westbrook wasn't giving what he was supposed to be giving and you know I was trying to look for something that like tried to like what the key was to yesterday's win for the Lakers I mean it was very even overall I mean both teams were about the same from the three-point line both teams were about the same in turnovers both teams were offensive rebounds I guess is what did it for the Lakers, and you were talking before the show about, because I was asking, what's wrong with Dwight Howard? Why is he not playing? Mm-hmm. He played and, like a tiny bit in game one, didn't play at all in game two. Yep, and I was, yeah, because I, I kind of remembered what they had said yesterday on the broadcast, like yeah. on the on, during the game, is that, because um, at first we were looking around, we were like, Dwight isn't hurt like like what's what's going on and at yeah. first like I was thinking that too and then I realized like they definitely did say this that um Frank Vogel just um kind of keeping him back right now because in a in a series like this the Rockets they only play small ball they don't have any big men they they literally can't play they can't play bully ball if they wanted to like they don't have the people the only person who could do it is Westbrook and PJ Tucker to an extent, P.J. Tucker. I would say Westbrook can do it if he really wants to. But due to that, you can't have all these big, slow guys on the court. Even, yeah. And I think that the Lakers, Lakers have enough big guys that they, can, they don't have to worry about bringing Dwight Howard in for, for an extra guy to rebound. It, it doesn't matter. You've got JaVale McGee, even though he got injured last night, uh, we'll... We'll see what, what happens with that. Maybe Dwight Howard might end yeah. up getting played because of that. But they have JaVale McGee, LeBron James, Anthony Davis against P.J. Tucker and Russell Westbrook as the Rockets' main rebounders. You don't need Dwight Howard. Like, I mean, and that sounds harsh, but you really don't. He's not scoring enough points for you to keep him in and him not get rebounds, or and, and you risk him not getting amount, the amount of rebounds or giving you the production that you want. Well, plus you stick with this same plan for Game 3 because you were still plus 6 in rebounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they you, are, you, yeah. Like you said, they had plenty of big guys to make or to keep them in the game that were fast enough and that were aggressive enough. I mean, Anthony Davis had a really good game yesterday, and... And, yeah, I mean, there's nothing you really need to change. You, you got the win yesterday, and, frankly, I think you got the momentum. I think the key for the Lakers is the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. You have to find a way to um, defend that three-point three line and force the ball inside. I mean, P.J. Tucker had a good game yesterday, but, you know, I, the Lakers' bigs are better. <clears throat> And, and I think another thing that um, that the Lakers are doing well as 
like you were talking about is is um, keeping a lot of those players from the free throw line. They're not fouling as much. The only person you saw go to the free throw line of free throw free throw line a good bit was James Harden. Which I mean, James Harden. We, it's gotten to the point where it's like you can only you can't you can't stop it. You can slow it down. Like James Harden, he's he's gotten so skilled at the art of drawing fouls that it's it's really like nothing you can do. He's gonna get to the line of at least what five six times in a game. But he's got to make it. Exactly. Yeah. He's yeah. And and most of the time he's going to make it. Yeah. He was what eleven for thirteen. It but, felt like he was a lot worse from the line yesterday than eleven of thirteen. Yeah. I th- he, I feel like most people aren't used to seeing him yeah. miss from the line, so it's like when he does, you're like, what? And like it, it looks weird. But I think <clears throat> that. Um, Lakers kind of looked at OKC and what they did for that a little bit because OKC was ridiculous at keeping them from not of of not fouling um, James Harden or, or or giving them those free two free and, and with James Harden free three points because he will, he will draw that foul all the way out that at that three all the way out there at that three point line so I think that. That is another key to the Lakers continuing to win is keeping them off that, that free throw line because now that Russell Westbrook sees he's, he's kind of gone cold, he's smart enough to know, like, even though I said earlier he, he needs to figure out other ways in his games to help, I'm talking about other ways to contribute other than scoring. He needs to figure out how to get more rebounds, play more defense, or, or give more assists than four. That's what point scoring wise, all he has to do is draw fouls. So I think that coming this game, I think you're going to see Westbrook trying to get a lot more fouls so that he can get to that free throw line and get the points that their team needs to be able to keep up with the Lakers. And I think the Lakers need, if the Lakers can get one of these three going, they can get Alex Caruso, Danny Green, Dude, or Morris going. I don't even. I don't even. I don't even count Alex Cruz. Alex Caruso, I, Danny Green, Danny Green, and Kyle Kuzma need to step up. One of those three, if they if they can step up, one of those three, this series is over. Because Anthony Davis and LeBron James can do it on their own. Mm-hmm. But you, you can get you know one that of those, they are going to give you twenty points. Yes, and guaranteed. Yes, and and then. And then especially when you look at this box score. Okay, when you look at this box score, here's the Rockets. Points-wise, P.J. Tucker, 18. Covington, 17. Westbrook, 10. Aaron Gordon, 24. James Harden, 27. No one in their starting five is under 10. And that's on Westbrook on a bad night. And only, only one person on the bench scored on the Rockets, and that was House. Yep. I mean... They do need more help from so that. So much... Bench, but... I mean... That being what, said, I'm saying that, like... You see, all these guys give you double digits. The Lakers, they have Anthony Davis, 34. LeBron James, 28. JaVale McGee, 0. He got hurt. Danny Green, 9. Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, 5. They had to... In it, it, I know you guys, are, you, you can say, well, their points gave... Their bench gave them points. Kyle Kuzma came in, had 13. Rondo had 10. Like, Markeith Morris has 16. Like, but that's the thing. Like, those aren't starters. That isn't guaranteed. So, to me, you need more guys that are going to score, that are going to give you at least 10 points in a night. And uh, Kuzma, Kuzma will give you 10 points in a night. Markeith Morris was more of a surprise. But if, if the Rockets... 
can consistently shut out the Lakers bench. And then Russell Westbrook can get back to scoring the points. This could be trouble for the I, I wouldn't I won't say trouble, but it, it's gonna be a challenge for the Lakers to get by that. Because right now their only scorers are really LeBron and A D. Yeah. For me, what holds James Harden back from what what I would consider one of the best in the NBA is I just feel like it's only shooting from him. Did you mention something about that? Like I just don't it's like when he is off from shooting, there's no other way that he really helps, like, I will say in that. a huge way that he's, like, an X factor. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I will say he, he's kind of, like, he garners attention. That's, that's the way he helps in moments that he does go cold. Even last game he didn't, I mean, he did pretty good, yeah. He was 50%, really. But, um, like... That's that's how he helps whatever those nights that he does go cold is that he just gains so much attention from double teams and traps and everything else that someone's got to get open and when those someone's are open he has to start making those passes and assists. I will say that he has improved a lot over the last few years on the defensive side from the, the days where you used to see of <laughs> Shaq and a full legend <laughs> James Harden, <laughs> but. <laughs> Like, I think, I still think this is the Lakers series. I think, like like what I told you before, um, I think this goes the same way as Portland series. They come out. Sweep. You think they're going to win the next three? Yeah, exactly. Because I, I, th- I remember what I told you in the first episode. They need a wake-up call. It always takes at least one game as a wake-up yep. call. Lakers come in. They could win the first two games. Then the Rockets come in, and, and it's always, and it's, it's always a wake-up call because it's a game that they get whooped in. It's not yeah. like it was just like an easy, like like it was a close game or anything. It's a game that they come out and just get dominated in. And then they're like, okay, like let's get serious. Lakers just happen to have that game as the first game of the series. They came out and they got dominated. So now I think they're buckled down serious. Same way as Blazers. Same way that it happened against the Blazers. Dane came out there, looked crazy, was doing all this stuff. Yeah. And then it, they, they got serious. I'm going to change a little bit. I, I think they're going to win the next two. And then go ahead, 3-1. I think the Rockets will take game five. So it'll be 3-2. And then this game is going to go – this is going to go to six games. That's what I said. I think Lakers are just a better team. They're more – they're deeper. I mean – and I just think it'll be easier for them to make the adjustments – on defense to maybe force the Rockets a little bit inside. I don't know. But let's go to the NFL. Let's talk about this Deshaun Watson signing. Four years, $156 million. It looks like it's a little bit (coughs) of of getting most of his money in the back end of the deal. One sec. Four years. Go to spotrack.com. Spell track? Okay. Yeah. Because I was looking, I was like, mm, what do I look? It's like the second thing after you type in Deshaun Watson. But this deal, I mean, it works out perfectly <coughs> for him. I mean, he he is under control for, well, he's not under, basically in 2024, he gets out of this contract if he wants to. He has a no trade clause in it. 
And if, say he makes it out of this contract in 2025. Well, he's 29 at age 25, or in, in 2025. He is 29, and he becomes an unrestricted free agent at 30. So this deal works out for him because... How old is he now? He's 24 right now. Wow. I thought he was like 23. And or so, like 22. I thought he was younger. But yeah, I think, I think this is a good contract for... Of course, for Houston and for Watson, because I think they Houston didn't give up any more money than they wanted to, and yeah. Watson got what he wanted. And the thing is, when this contract ends, whether he's whether it's in twenty twenty three when he can get out of it, or whether it's twenty twenty six when he's a free agent, he's thirty at twenty twenty in twenty twenty six. He's twenty seven at in twenty twenty three. If he can. If he is not dead by then, because the Houston offensive line just won't walk <laughs> yeah. and because, see, when I think of Deshaun Watson at the end of his career, I think of that SpongeBob where the guy is like, every morning I break my arms, <laughs> every and every afternoon I break my legs. My, my papers, my skin is made of paper, and my boats <laughs> are made of glass. <laughs> And I don't know who gave power, who in the Texans' ownership gave power to Bill O'Brien, who really has not won a playoff game. The worst GM I've ever seen. How can you not get at least one first round for DeAndre Hopkins? <laughs> worst GM I've ever seen. But if, if, if they can... I forgot my train of... I lost my train of thought, but... Bill O'Brien. Okay, hang on. You were saying that. What was I saying? That by the time he hits thirty, oh, if he doesn't have it together, then you know. Basically. If he is, if they can restructure his contract to make him to where he's still thirty, you know, he he still has game to give if he's not hurt. And, and most quarterbacks these these days really go through exactly. you would say around what three four contracts if 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 you're someone like Drew Brees or Tom Brady and stuff like but that he has like plenty, mostly three contracts he has plenty of time to where even if it's 29 30 he still can go to another team and play another 10 mm-hmm. years yep you know and and, and to me and I, <clears throat> I see Deshaun Watson as a guy who plays up until probably around 35, 36, honestly. And, and, and like I said, I think it, it sets him up perfectly to get a second contract on the back half of his career where maybe he tries to get more money or maybe he, he tries to, if, if it isn't working out with the Texans, tries to go find a team where he can win the Super Bowl and stuff like that. So I think it sets him up perfect for having time to time left in his career that he can still move around and kind of have a choice. So that's why I think that this this contract it was just it, it 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 worked smoothly. Like you barely heard anything about it before it came out, other than they're having contract talks. It was never Deshaun Watson's trying to sit out. It was never this. It was never that. The contract really didn't need to happen because if I remember right, his rookie contract still would have covered him this year. I think so too, and so I, I'm glad that they got it done already. I'm I'm glad that Deshaun Watson is getting money that he deserves. And you know it's time to it's time to give him some playmakers, 
it's time to build a team around him. Um, they have Brandon Cooks. They have Kenny Stills, Will Fuller. But I want, I want to see them get a better offensive line. They traded for Laramie Tunsil last year. But I want to see them get more. I, I'm interested to see how David Johnson fits in this offense. If he can stay on the field. I just want, I want to see Deshaun Watson get what he deserves. And I want to see Houston compete with um, Kansas City and Baltimore as some of the best teams in the AFC. Because, I mean, Deshaun Watson is a really good quarterback. Yeah. I mean, I think he's definitely at least top ten. Yeah, I'd put him up there top ten right now, too. Amazing, amazing in comebacks in fourth quarters. He is a comeback. He is a clutch, a very clutch performer. But it's not starting off well when you trade the second best wide receiver in the NFL. And and that's what I'm... For a second round pick and a running back who can't stay on the field. I can't remember who I was watching, but they were basically saying like like they were asking if um if Deshaun Watson if if giving him this contract puts the team in a better in a better state based on the money that they gave him. They were saying I, th- I think it was Stephen A. I'm pretty sure he was saying that it might be harder to sign more people like <clears throat> more people that are are number one type receivers or get people like O linemen and stuff like that when you give a guy this type of contract and I was and I was just sitting there thinking like his contract isn't so big that you can't sign well, other decent guys. That's the thing, is like what goes Stephen A is really smart at what he does. He's one of the best on ESPN. But what what makes me upset is like when people think Oh, how are they gonna play, pay other players if yeah. they're giving all the this money to Pat Mahomes or Deshaun Watson or you think it's over multiple years and it's and, the, and they've they've set it up they've thought about this like, stuff do you like think, <laughs> you think that owners just sit there oh I didn't think of that how am I gonna pay fifty two other guys and then practice squad players like they don't I don't they think plan the this out long term that's, that's like do you think that they just Threw this contract together yesterday, like they've been thinking about this <laughs> for a while, since probably last since year probably at least. The year, the year after they drafted him, and they knew he was exactly like honestly, like after last year when he came back from that ACL tear. Yep, they started thinking about yep, it. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's that's probably right right around that when he came back from the ACL tear. That's like, when that's when they realized he was serious. Like they they have they have been planning the. Con- They've been planning how to um, plan for the cap space, and they've been planning how much money they can give to Sean Watson, the money that really that he deserves. He deserves to be one of the more higher-paid quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But they're also going to have enough money to give him a supporting cast. And, you know, it's not every team is – the Washington football team who doesn't really just throws a bunch of money at people and I told you the only another person I think had a bad contractor who just threw a lot of money at one player is the Rams chucked way too much money at Jared Goff for what he's worth yes they they threw they threw too much money at a lot of people they really went for they could have they could they could have built a ton 
for the future. So I want to, this isn't like on the same topic as Deshaun Watson's contract, but it, it does go with the Texans. I will, do you see them as a team who can first, A, consistently win the AFC South against, I would really say, Colts. the Titans and Colts. Like, yeah, the Jags don't count. Titans are, they got hot last year. We saw them make it to the AFC Championship. Then B, if they can consistently win the AFC Championship, do you see Deshaun Watson getting a Super Bowl within this contract? It's hard to tell. Yeah, it is. I, it is. I won't lie. That is a that's because there's so many years within it. Yeah, with, it's hard to tell. You can't just be like, yes, like with this team, with this 2020 team he has coming up. No, no. Yeah, this next year, no. AFC South. I see the. Te- I will choose the Texans every year until they prove it. Um, until they prove otherwise. Until the. Until the Titans. Until prove someone knock that them they off. can do better. Exactly. The nine and seven because last year just feels like a fluke to me. It the is Titans. nine and seven to end the regular season and got hot. They at caught the, the Patriots time. at a perfect time. They um, caught really the the um, Ravens. Yeah, off guard. They were I lucky think, enough. I think Ravens play. once again were thrown off by having that bye week in the yeah. first week of the playoffs. And so yeah, I think, like I said, I mean. I see the, this team winning. I think he's the best quarterback in the division. Easily. They have one of the better defenses well, in the division. Yeah, yeah. I'll say, I'll say he's the best quarterback in the division. Because he's better than Phillip Rivers. Yeah, that's the only person Ryan I can Tannehill. really think. Yeah, Phillip Rivers. Better than Gardner Minshew. Yes. He, to say they're a Super Bowl team, he gets a Super Bowl in the next four years, I would say no. Especially... With having Bill O'Brien as the GM, do you with see having them? the Chiefs and the Ravens, yeah. and how they are continuing to build? Not only not only do they have this core right now, but they are drafting really well. They are building a You're young the Chiefs and the Ravens together. The Chiefs and the Ravens are both the of them. Yes. Yeah, the Chiefs and the Ravens. Yeah, they they're very put together. They've got a young team around them. And they're, and they're both teams that draft extremely well, that get players that make an impact a lot of the time the year they come in. Houston just feels like a team that they're going to be there every year, but they're not, gonna they're not good enough exactly. to... And that's what I was going to say is, like, even even if they don't make the Super Bowl, do you think, that, like, like well, you kind of asked the question I was going to ask, are they going to at least make it competitive? Are they going to yes. push? Are they going to push teams like the Chiefs Yes. And the Ravens and I think there whoever is, else is going to show up in the AFC. There is like one or two years where they can get to the AFC championship. They can beat one of the two teams, most likely the Ravens in my opinion. But So you think they can make it to the AFC championship, but they won't make it to a Super Bowl? Yes. I, I just, until they prove that they can get over the hump, I yeah. just... Seeing is believing. Yes. Exactly. And and I and I'm, I 100% agree with you. I think that um, up until we see it happen, it's hard to like really just sit here and say like, yes, I can see this team doing this. And and I mean that's how it was a lot for a lot of people. I mean, relating back to the Chiefs, until we saw Patrick Mahomes have an MVP season and bring him to the AFC Championship, then you could be like. Yeah, I think they're going to the Super Bowl. The Chiefs had so many heartbreaks for like the past decade. They had been in positions where they were last year, 
where they had been the best, one of the best teams in the NFL. They had gotten that by, and then they don't produce in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And they finally got over that hump last year. Yep. And, and until the Texans get there, it's, it's I don't think that... And then especially when you look game, at position groups on their team, like their O-line, like... Laramie Tunsil is the only guy that I have heard of. I'm still, I still do not trust their receiving core. <laughs> I don't trust that. I don't trust their, their DBs to an extent. Their DBs are okay. I think their front seven is pretty strong. Yeah. But DBs, receivers, O-line are all positions that need I mean, help. Vernon Hargrave is one of their starting corners. <laughs> I can go on. <laughs> I was about Hargraves. to say, I know you hate Bernard. <laughs> I know you do. A Florida boy who who ruined the Bucks. <laughs> they just they had guys like Leonard Floyd, and I'll have to go back and look at that. That draft class, yeah. But went you know, with Vernon Hargraves at pick nine. <laughs> okay, let's let's talk about another thing. Um, let's talk about. To end the show, we're going to talk about, speaking of the Titans, they got Jadavion Clowney. I don't know what the contract is. I don't even think they've announced it yet, have they? He's they just announced that year. he's planning on signing I'm, there. Yeah, and I, I saw where he had touched down in Nashville, and I think he is around there. He might be, <coughs> he might be at their facilities, but contract um, details have not come out. Oh yeah, and this is what I this is this is what I wanted to talk about about this situation. Is this weird this weird thing that the Saints were trying to propose? It's it's kind of like an, an NBA type of like plan. They were planning to to do a sign and trade with Connie. They were not planning on keeping him. They were planning on signing him, I guess taking on his contract and stuff like that, taking on the money to just trade him for another player or sign him and then and then just trade him for someone on another team that they like because I guess well, they didn't really see value in, 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 in him. And I think I think that's part of the reason why Smug they chose little Titans. little Sean Payton. <laughs> and you saw... Couldn't get away with it. NFL, get NFL, said no. NFL said no. $15 million deal. Good for Jadavian Clowney. Like, seeing right through that. I mean, he had the freedom... Good for him for signing with the Titans. He's with the defensive-minded coach and Mike Brabel. Is that how you say his name? Yes. Um, you know, I, it's, it's going to be an even stronger defense. I think the Titans' oh. defense was – this Titans team is built on the run and – The and run and defense, yeah. Defense, Running the ball yeah, in defense. and defense. I think – I think, yeah, I think – I think they know that their strength isn't in Ryan Tannehill, so I think they're smart. Even though they didn't exactly. That, they don't. They don't say that in <laughs> the, uh, how they pay him. In how they, they paid him and everything like that. But yeah, I think I think they know that internally. So they're trying to bolster things like offensive line. They they paid Derrick Henry. They signed Jadavion Clowney. I'm pretty sure they signed. They lost these. Jack Conklin. Yeah. Oh the yeah, they did. That's they a did. big loss. That's a big loss, especially with the running game. That, yeah. They rely on heavily. But I was actually wrong. I want to correct myself. This is what the Saints were planning on doing. It says the Saints were planning on doing a sign-in trade in which another team would sign him 
and then trade them to the Saints. And they, and it, they make it seem as if they said, Coach Sean Payton confirmed Monday that the Saints explored the idea of a unique sign-and-trade deal with the unspecified team. So they make it seem as if he was, they had already had it set up with some team. Some team seems like they had agreed to this. The only party that was not okay with it was the NFL. The NFL said no. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know what y'all are, little sneaky stuff y'all are planning on doing. And I think part of it has to do with Sean Payton, like you said, sneaky Sean Payton and the Saints and everything like that. It seems you, somehow you've had Bounty all, Gate and things like the that. Yeah, exactly. Regardless. Exactly. Yeah. You guys, you guys screwed screwed the Saints out of Jadavion Clowney. Like no. The NFL no. <laughs> now it's not only the refs that hate us; it's it's the whole NFL. And no. I guess it's, this is coming from two biased sources, and especially me. I hate the Saints. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> but well, that's one at thing the we agree on. I, <laughs> Sean Payton is just such a annoying, <laughs> annoying, annoying year in year out. But yeah, they said they were, and they said the only reason, and I think this is another reason that the Saints did it, that the NFL basically vetoed it, is that they said that the reason they were doing this is so that the Saints could fit um, to Davion Clowney's contract into their thing, a contract under their under their salary cap. Which, I mean, it, that would have been an interesting thing to see. And I think if that had happened, it would have started a whole thing in the NFL. Oh, yeah. There were, you would have seen this. It, 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 it would have been a, a precedent. Thing? Yeah, it would have been something yeah. that started. Like, like, this is something that people are doing now. Because you see a lot of these teams that are, are who kind of get screwed over into contract situations and stuff like that. They need help. Like, you see, you see the Rams. Like I said, Jared Goff got paid so much, they had to cut a ton of their guys. They let go of Dante Fowler. They let go of Marcus Peters. They let go of Todd Gurley. They let go of a ton of players and teams like that. So when teams see stuff like this, it kind of gets you thinking of like, hmm, like, could we do that? So. I, yeah, I, I, I thought at first it was a little bit of a weird fit, but I think, I think Clowney can fit in really any way, um, really in – most yeah. defenses, he can fit in a four three. He can fit in a three four. Yeah. And he's a type of guy. Who's just it's really not. He doesn't have a lot of responsibilities other than go get the quarterback. Yeah, and so you know, it's hard for him to not fit in a defense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and the way he was at South Carolina, like he was just absolutely <laughs> deadly. There was no way to block him. No one could stop him. Um, you know, he he's been a really good NFL player, but. You know, I I think that this is a really it's an interesting fit for me. Mm-hmm. And I and I and um maybe I'm saying this in hindsight after seeing all the struggles he went through with his contract, but 15 million to me makes more sense than 20 million. Yeah. 20 million player, 20 million a year players are players like like and over players like Von Miller or like like like. J.J. Watt, like people that you see do this all the time. To me, there's been too many years where Jadavion Clowney's been kind of like like iffy, where he's been hurt or he just doesn't seem like he has the energy or high motor and stuff like that. So to me, I think this is um, a great deal. I think it gives him a chance to reprove himself in a way because it, I think reprove himself to himself because I think it was a hard realization for him when he realized no one's giving me 20 million. I'm, I'm, these teams don't think I'm worth that. I, I haven't, I haven't, he hasn't shown enough for them to be worth that. The Seahawks weren't willing to pay it. 
the team that, that that wanted him back that seems like the most in the beginning, then he dropped down to eighteen million. No one's willing to pay it. So I think I think fifteen million is a good spot for him, and I think that he will show out this year because of the fact that he knows that um, he's got to prove it if he wants that contract. You hear that, Dak? Take notes. <laughs> Take, you're gonna hear a lot of Very Dak jokes so. from me, but I. You hear that, Dak? If nobody's willing to pay you, you have to go down. You have to go prove You need to earn it first. Earn your $45 million contract because you really haven't yet. All right, guys, but that is the show for you guys today on episode two of Let's Get It. Uh, Subscribe to our channel and continue listening to us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast, among others. But for Justin, I'm Chase. This has been episode two of Let's Get It.